Thanks for listening to CarCast on Podcast One. Well, we cover some auction cars and uh, gone in 60 seconds and a Ferrari that was uh, sold for a very cheap price and now it's going to get a very hefty price, along with our general musings and philosophies. First, there's Matt with Dodge. Yeah, you know, we all know that Dodge means horsepower and muscle, but did you know that J.D. Power has ranked Dodge number one for initial quality? And you know, J.D. Power also named them the automotive company for best driver appeal for mass market brands. So they're number one in initial quality and appeal in the same year. You know, this is the first time a domestic automotive brand ran away with both awards in the same year. And with enough style, horsepower, and performance to make your muscle car dreams come true, it's no wonder that Dodge is sweeping all of these awards. Well, listen, there's never been a better time now to join the Brotherhood of Muscle. So see your local Dodge dealer today or visit Dodge.com. Just $25, you get wine and gifts. Ace's favorite stuff or products from ACS. Every single month, you get the drink you choose. It's hard to beat cool stuff and lose. Adam's Monthly Nut. Adam's Monthly Nut. You heard, Dick. A new year of Adam's Monthly Nut hath begun. We kick off 2021 with a bang with products like a bottle of Promescent Delay Spray to keep you going all year long, a collapsible water bowl to cure feminine canine hydration syndrome anywhere it strikes, a secret Santa gift, because let's be honest, we got Corolla gifts galore at the warehouse, and a digital download of the first three glorious years of the Ace Awards. The year of the devil is behind us. Get ready for an all-new year of Adam's Monthly Nut. Yeah, get it on. Got to get on the church. We're going to mend it. Get it on. And welcome to CarCast. Madam Carol, it's Matt, the moderator, DeAndrea, over there. Hello. How you doing? Doing well with my spirited driving around town. <laughs> yeah. How do you like uh, rowing those gears all the time now? I'm driving the uh, 50th anniversary, I guess, uh, 270, sorry, 370Z, um, autographed by Pete Brock on the glove box. Well, yeah. really the dashboard. Glove boxes are getting so low now that yeah. you got to hit the dash. And it all looks it. like one piece. Yeah. Everyone that gets in the car is always like, who's that? I'm like, Pete Brock. And they go, oh. No, <laughs> they, they don't want a follow-up question. They don't I have try a to tell question. them about BRE <laughs> and the Daytona Shelby and uh, Falls They immediately regret asking as soon as you're yeah. like, ask Pete Brock. Because they know that you're going to tell a story. Because why would you sign it if it wasn't a story? Yeah. <laughs> and they, who do they think signed it? Tom Cruise? People like, <laughs> should be more into things. I agree. Or at least more into shit I'm into. <laughs> Um, you know, I drive around, I have this habit. I've always been this way. I don't like eating or drinking things out of like, I don't like drinking a beer out of a plastic cup. You know, like I take a glass, I wet it down, I put it in the freezer Mm -hmm. and then I'll crack the beer and dump it into the frosty glass cup because I just like it better that way. I, I feel like 
I don't know if it's 10% or 35%, but holding a cold glass versus a plastic cup that's kind of collapsing in your hand. I mean, if you want to know the extreme, and, and I feel the same way with like utensils and plates, like I don't. You know, when people do like the takeout and they get the steakhouse brought home, I don't want to eat it out of the fucking box with a spork, you know what I mean? Like yeah. kind of, and if you if you if you conduct this little thought experiment, I think you'll understand. Sometimes, and it's happened to me before, where you get like stuck in a bad hotel and you got your bottle of wine and you finished a couple of shows, you're gonna watch some sports center and uh try to try to escape life. And you realize there's nothing in that room except for a ceramic mug. And it's like, okay, now you have to drink wine out of a ceramic <laughs> mug. Yeah. And everyone would sign off on the fact that that sucks. Yeah. So if that sucks, then there's versions of that. And so for me, I don't like drinking coffee out of the plastic uh, travel thing. I don't like the flip top. I don't like the plastic. I don't like sucking. I like coffee out of a mug. Yeah. And so what I do is I don't have a travel mug. I leave with my mug and I drive with my mug. And when you're driving a big car that's an automatic, you can A, set the mug on the armrest when you get into the car or even on the dash, it'll be flat. And then when you're driving, you just put it and drive and you hold your mug. Just hold it and drink it, yeah. But when you're driving a stick (laughs) and there's nowhere to set the mug, there's no flat surface on that car. So you have to hold the mug the entire time and then attempt to drive with your knee. Well, they don't want you to have the mug. Well, I do. (laughs) I drove. This is the mug I drove here with. Yeah. Okay. And uh, no problema. Okay. Yeah. Do you get to – have you tried playing with – when you're not drinking coffee while driving, you can turn the rev matching on and off. So yeah. I like to hit a few turns with it on and then hit a few turns off to see how I compare to the car. Yeah, I've been doing a, a little bit of that. I've been – you know, one thing you do kind of miss – when you're not driving the big truckster, it's just like pulling in and out of the garage or the yeah, parking yeah. space or whatever. It's so much smaller. It's so much easier to sort yeah. of, so much uh, easier to uh, maneuver. And again, other than like not a lot of space inside the car, even just driving the car, my seat's all the way back. I got to lean back. My knees are still mm-hmm. good and bent. I drove uh, Natalia and three of her friends around the other night so we packed uh five people into the car oh and uh went on a little bonsai run it's it's interesting because it you're right the small cars are fun because they're easy certainly easy to park and in la where everything's a compact spot whole foods whatever trader joe's but i always think about ground clearance yeah yeah. You know, because I never want to scrape anything. I don't want to scrape the nose. I don't want to do anything. Yeah. Especially with all the press cars. Yeah. And it's always ground clearance. Yeah. The good news with this car is it has, like, the plastic sweep in the front. So it makes kind of that low pitch thing versus the metal. <laughs> yeah. But there's always – I literally pulled out of my driveway today. Uh, I pulled in my driveway 20 minutes ago. Had a has a steep – incline on it and there's always witnesses there's always that couple that's standing yeah. across the street and they're yeah, just yeah. looking at you i like to stop and look i like to stop and make sure and then, like give you the shame look like yeah. yeah i know what you're doing i got a little scrapage going on but uh i'm fine <laughs> all, all right, right so we should Dodge. order one of those order one of those plastic pieces <laughs> or, yeah. or a backup piece uh yeah we all know that dodge means horsepower and muscle but did you know that jd power has ranked number one 
uh, ranked Dodge for number one for initial quality. They also named Dodge the automotive company with best driver appeal for mass market brands. So there's never been a better time now to join the Brotherhood of Muscle. See your, see your local Dodge dealer today or visit Dodge.com. All right. So, uh, yeah, I'm driving around the Z. The Z's uh, nice. Uh, it works. You know, even manual shift cars that are modern, the clutch is so much easier. The shifting yeah. is so much more positive. The power steering, you know, it's not It's not that – it's not your dad's manual shift where it was really it, it, a handful. And it shifts really easily. Like it's just, you know, one finger, two fingers, you can move that – yeah, it around. shifts. It shifts nicely. It's it's fun. It's 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 fun to when you're you know transitioning from one freeway to the other freeway and you're on that big sweeping ramp to kind of drop it down a gear and get into it a little yeah. bit. Um, yeah, it's it's been been fun, kind of kind of zipping around. I'm not sure. I figured out how to uh, program the clock on the dash. Okay. You'd okay. be so proud of me. <laughs> I, I I figured out, I kept, I was setting the clock on the radio, but the one that's up on the tri-cluster yeah. on top of the dash, that clock just remained the same. But I figured out how to set that bad boy. Uh, I don't know if I can do the uh, phone over the, over the thing. I, I don't know if I have to sync it up or I don't even know if it has that capability. Well, in, in that car, it it probably has Bluetooth, if anything, although Bluetooth is just kind of antiquated now. Uh, I, I don't think it has CarPlay, so there's no, like, plug it in and, and have have the, you know, the apps on the screen or anything. The, the most it would do is just would, would be uh, Bluetooth. Well, I'm going to have to talk to Gary about that because he's kind of the expert at that. Yeah, you kind of yeah. you kind of forget – how used to driving and just plugging your phone in and talking to everyone in stereo yeah. is uh, at some point you realize like when you put the person on the speaker, but uh, you got the thing on its mount on the dash and then that car makes a little bit of noise when you drive it. Can't hear that well through the speaker. So you ended yeah. up putting in the earbud and that's kind of do it. Now you can plug it in and it'll go to like auxiliary or something but it's yeah i guess I think you gotta you, sync I think it you up. can play music or something off of it and but i don't know if it plugs in and the phone will work which is interesting though because i oftentimes find that with with the louder cars uh i just i just put the earbuds i just yeah. put the earbuds in yeah know, or, I'm just or, or something something so uh it's a good car it drives drives nice it um a little bit it's a little bit kind of cool. Like people look at you a little bit and go, "Hey, look at you!" You know, I mean, it's it's fun to tool around in a sports car every once in a while. You know, mm-hmm. especially if you've been you know living a year or longer in a in a big SUV. Especially recently, the Infiniti, the QX80, is a big SUV. You it's really big. Oh man, seventy Z on the roof of that thing. <laughs> now you really realize when you pull into the garage. In the infinity, you got to get the nose right up against the wall, yeah. or the door, the garage door won't close. And the one thing I don't miss is all the goddamn beepers and buzzers, like <laughs> all the yeah. like that car just goes nuts the second yeah. you get near anything. But there is an element where you get used to driving a car that tells you when you're drifting out of your lane mm-hmm. or tells you when you're getting too close or starts applying the brake or steering the car. It, it, it kind of does everything for you. And uh, then you get in a car that does nothing 
but you're kind of in that mode where like it'll tell me if I'm getting <laughs> yeah. too close to another car. Yeah. But you have to keep in mind like you got to drive that car. You will rear end somebody. The the Infinity, you won't rear end somebody on the freeway because it will stop for you. It, it'll probably do more than that. It'll stop. Right. It'll beep. It'll yell at you. It's interesting you bring that up because uh, we were talking earlier this week. Uh, Gilbert and I were talking about. I know you've been teaching Sonny and uh, and Natalia to drive, and on on his property, he teaches his son Gage, who's they're the same age. They're fourteen. And I was like, "What do you teach?" Both Cracker them on? Jack athletes. <laughs> yeah, they're both Cracker Jack athletes. He teaches them on like his Willie's Jeep, and then they're going to graduate to like his wife's like '60s Mercury pickup truck. Uh, for that reason, it's like don't rely on all the electronics. Like just get a get a very sort of mechanical experience of learning to drive first, mm-hmm. and then you know, like that Willie's Jeep does 41 miles an hour, and it's a, you know you have to shift it and. And you know, like, but on their property on their ranch, you mm-hmm. you know you can you can do that. But I kind of like the idea of having sort of a very visceral experience as you're learning, and mm-hmm. then he's all in on like, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna go to Bondurant and do the, you know, the ABS brake check and the skid pad and the you know. So now you start to know the capabilities of a car. But I kind of feel like when you're learning, you should drive stick and. And and not just hop right into paddle shifters or fully automatic with all the well it's steering for you, it, braking for you, it, parking for you. I think it's kind of like uh, if you had this this wish for your child. This is why I get the big bucks. The analogies, people. <laughs> um, look, your phone has spell check. Yeah. Everything's going to correct it for you. You're, you know, you have a computer. It's going to fix your grammar. It's going to fix your punctuation. It's going to check your spelling. Like everything's going to be done for you. But if you had a wish for your child, you'd go, well, I would like you to be able to write in cursive and I would like you to know how to spell and I'd like you to learn punctuation. You know, not that I learned any of that shit, but what I'm saying is it's like, <laughs> I would like you to learn all these things kind of analog and then you can go to the computer and let the computer do all the work. Like yeah. I would like I would like you to learn how to cook and then you can order Grubhub. Right. But I don't want to start you on Grubhub because then you'll never learn to cook. Yeah, and you won't want to. You'll be like, why am I doing all this? <laughs> and also it's much easier to go from the analog car to the digital car that does everything for you versus once you get used to that digital car, um, the analog is is a little builds up bad habits. Um, yeah. Also, though, it is pretty amazing. Driving a stick is pretty amazing in that, like the muscle memory part of driving a stick. I haven't driven a stick shift car outside of a race car in twenty years. I'm trying to, you know. Well, I had a Mini Cooper that was, uh, I had a Z and a Mini Cooper that were six speeds or five, five and six speeds, or probably six speeds. Probably in the two thousand and three, two thousand and four, like somewhere in there. But it's been fifteen years since I've driven a stick, essentially. You just get in the car and drive it. Like yeah. it, it, there's no act, there's no acclimating, there's no reacclimating, there's no there's no anything. It's just just get in the car and drive. Yeah, it, it, it's all muscle memory. There's no yeah. part of me that is even like, oh, what the hell? What's the next thing? Right. Like none of that. It's just the the biggest thing I had to remember that uh, is a new thing is 
in all the cars I've driven in modern times, you put your foot on the brake, you hit the start button. Um, this car, you put your foot on the brake, you have to press you it have to press clutch, the clutch yeah. and then hit the start button, yeah. which I never hit. I always hold it down like it's a starter. Yeah. Like it's an old school. Like I like I pretend like it's going na 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 na, and I'm holding the button like I'm driving a car yeah. from the twenties. It's it's interesting because I do remember some early start button cars where there there was an action to it. Like yeah, there was a little bit of a hold down for for it, like it took maybe it was programmed that way so you don't just hit it and then it starts like you, you give it three seconds. For, I'm yeah. you know I'm trying to think like. I think, like, obviously in a race car, all my race cars, there's a button, and you don't just hit the button, you hold the button, because yeah. all that's doing is... That's just ta- the starter That's just telling the yeah. starter to engage. I feel like first-gen button-pushing cars was almost the same technology, like you just had to hold it and start it. Yeah, but you know, maybe. I, I, if I had to guess, what they were probably were doing were, was... If you just hit it once, it puts into an accessory mode, and then mm-hmm. when you hit it or hold it down, it would start it. But now it's all about holding the brake to start it. But if you take your foot off the brake and you hit the starter button, it'll do accessory mode, right? It'll light mm-hmm. up the dash but mm-hmm. not start it, right? Because it's all about the brake now. I uh, Meekum Kissimmee. Kissimmee? No one knows. <laughs> Meekum's got some big cars going this weekend. Um, as far as I, as far as I know, um, now is this, is Meekum, is this weekend when they're also doing the big muscle car collection, muscle city, muscle car city, this guy's 200 cars. I didn't see that cause I normally not a big muscle car guy, but they go, uh, back to the top, Chris, please. They're doing a Shelby GTR, which, um. I remember when those cars were 150 grand, and I and I always said like they made 34 of them. That always feels like a feels like good value. Now they're, I don't know. I think this one is like one two to one four, one three to one five, or somewhere somewhere in there. One yeah, two to one, one two five. to one five. How much writer can I be? <laughs> I want one two to one four, one three to one five, but it's one two to one five. They get a little happy with these things once in a while, a little pie in the sky, but. Yeah, these GTRs are are, are these. Uh, um, it's a GT three fifty R. Yeah, GT three fifty R. These things are. They made thirty four of them. Um, Ken Miles one sold for I don't know four or five million bucks the other month or whenever mm-hmm. that was. Mm-hmm. So these things are going to keep going up in value. There's some Cobras. Um, there's some other Mustang Shelby Mustangs. Um, they're. Uh, there's quite a few interesting cars. There's this Ferrari that's a 340. Click on that one. You know, the thing that's kind of funny about the Ferrari is it's interesting. It's in blue. It's got the blue rims. But, uh, but, a, but the wire knockoffs in blue, right? Like the yeah. wire wheels of the knockoffs? Yeah. It was a early 50s, 1952, 340 America that um, I think may have raced at Lamar or something like that. But... In the story of the car, they're talking about how cheap it, it was It was bought. A drag racer, Mike uh, Sanfilippo, purchased the car in 1990 for $200. <laughs> and then it goes uh, down. It goes in 2006, Tom uh, Shaughnessy or something of uh, San Clemente, California, purchased the car for $27,000. And it's like, 
Well, that's a cool story, but if you want $7 million for the car now, it's <laughs> yeah. kind of bumming me out. Yeah. Are you buying it from Tom Shaughnessy? Because now you really start to think about his margins. You know, he was like, he was barely in at 27000 and uh and and what's it going to go for? Like, it, 06, uh, <laughs> 06 is modern times and it's a Ferrari. So I don't know. I know it was in rough shape, but one guy bought it for 200 bucks. The other guy bought it for 26,000 bucks. And they, they're, they're, they're hitting that. Like they're highlighting that. Does that, it, it seems like a weird angle. Does it seem like a weird angle to you? It is when you're asking for the big dollar for sure. I, I, you know, it's it's not quite the same story as like Shelby going, oh, I'm just, who wants to buy one of our cars? We're not using it after race season because that was, you know, a million years ago. <laughs> this this was $27,000, I don't know, 15 years ago. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Not quite. Is um, They don't have an estimate on that car, do they? But like I said – when they do the inquire thing on the estimate, if you look around and you see other cars and the estimate is up to one five or two million bucks or something, yeah. and then you look at the car, another car, and it says inquire. Sure, it's not it, 28 grand. It's more than. <laughs> He's looking to make million, at least $1,000 on this. On two million this bucks. <laughs> one of these things going off. See, so these are big dollar um, European. And, and American, but this ain't, you know, pony cars. This is Meekum doing big dollar European stuff. Yeah, it, we, were, we were trying to speculate at one point, like, where is the market? In the new car world, because of the pandemic, lower price cars, Honda Civics are not selling well. Even base model F-150s, not really, but the fully loaded cars are are selling, you know. The luxury cars, the seventy-two thousand dollar F one hundred and fifty is really selling well, but the thirty-one thousand dollar version is not really selling. Does that well. have anything to do with the pandemic? And it is, yeah, because so many uh, small businesses and 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 people that don't have a lot of money are the ones that are suffering the most from it, right? Because if uh, if you think about what's being closed down, it's you know it's restaurants, it's gyms, it's yoga studios, you know. Uh, things like that. And uh, a lot of the guys that have the money have different types of corporations. I don't know how many people we run into for some reason that are in some sort of form of insurance. Mm, right. <laughs> right. They're like, what do you do? Insurance. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I guess those are doing well. So the high dollar car. So we were, uh, I was thinking about for some of the auctions that have high volume cars, Meekum, Barrett Jackson, you know, they move hundreds and hundreds of cars. And whatever, 30 of them are their high-dollar cars. What about all the other kind of project cars and some lesser expensive muscle cars and a couple, you know, like the yeah, the Cadillac XLR, convertible hardtop that's coming up at Meekum, you know, for, you know, for 8200 or, you know, or twelve grand. Like, are those— Like the 1999 yeah, or 97 yeah. or something? Uh, are those— not getting the dollars and the big cars are or or I kind of wonder what's happening with with those types of auctions, right? Well, I think the big cars are always getting the big box because that's just its own yacht crowd who'll always right, pay money. Right, right. Gold for, Wings, million bucks, 
doesn't really matter, pandemic or not, million bucks, right? Yeah, like, one, two or three probably. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then there are the cars that are kind of the weird cars. I don't know, like you said, the Cadillac or some, I don't know, 928s or certain generation Supras have not really caught on and, and that kind of stuff. But then there are the ones where people think there's value, like the NSXs and the 240Zs and the uh, E30 M3s right. and um, certain certain Mustangs from the from the past, uh, even from the 80s and, and 90s. And then, um, yeah, there's like certain cars that are starting to creep up and, and catch on. And I think people do look at those in terms of their value or they've been kind of charting those. I'm trying to think of the uh, market. The market that's probably down is um, the older generation muscle, some sometimes Mopar cars. Those things shot up real high and they've kind yeah. of evened out. Porsche's always been kind of moving and moving up. Ferrari's definitely down. I mean, Ferrari's been down. Ferrari's. I I feel like. I feel like Ferrari was down. Then I feel like Lamborghini was down, and now I feel like Lamborghini's making its way back up. But Ferrari isn't really making its way back up. Uh, the. I think the the first gen uh, Ford GTs are making their way back up. They kind of yeah. they they were flat for a long time. Then they started to creep up. Then they kind of went flat again for a while, and now they're starting to make their way again. Yeah. What do you think though about you know you go to Barrett Jackson Scottsdale and you're there on a Wednesday or on a Thursday and there's just rows of rows of. I don't know, $28,000 cars, $27,000 cars. Do you think those cars, they're all no reserve, right? So do you think they're all going for 15% less? Do you think they're all selling for 22000 17000 You know, because at night when they roll out the big cars, like you're saying, like we, we know kind of what's going on there. But I'm just curious, you know, with with things like Meekum coming up this this weekend and Barrett Jackson Scottsdale event coming up end of March instead of January, it's bumped to end of March. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, maybe it's not a bad idea for a lot of people that you know reached out to us and go, "Hey, where should I start? What should I collect? What should I do? What's a good project?" Maybe that Barrett Jackson Wednesday Thursday auction during the day is is not a this isn't a bad time to hit it. You know, I would say anything that's no reserve. Especially once you do your homework on what these things are trading for and you know what a deal is, then get in on that shit. I hate to sound like uh, these uh, car expert guys because I always hate it when someone goes, "What's uh, what car should I be looking at or what's a good collector car? And they go, well, it's the one you like the most. Mm-hmm. It's like, what the fuck? Why do we need your expertise if you're telling me the one? That, I like a Daihatsu charade, okay, yeah. Dick? Nobody does. Now, what should sure. I buy? Yeah. I'm asking you. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, 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 I hope I've been consistent that if anyone ever tells me or asks me, like, what should I be looking at? I'll go, whatever you like. Well, the yeah. one you'll like the most. They, everyone tries to do that car purist bullshit. Um, First off, I like the car that's going to go up in value the most over the next 10 years. How about that? Yeah. And that's why I'm asking you, car expert guy. Um, I think 
if you look at cars, it's kind of like the NSX was several years ago, and it's kind of like the Jag XJ220 kind of is today or maybe was several years ago. If you find yourself circling back to a car, could be the Jag NSX, maybe a 928S, it's a couple versions of that, maybe a Mitsubishi Starion or something on a, on a lower pay grade. Sort of but if you keep circling back to a car and you keep going, that's a pretty cool car. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty cool car. Like we would do with the Jag 220, yeah. right? Yeah. We go, that's a fucking good looking car. That's a cool piece, yeah. you know? And then you start looking at other cars from their era, like, um, God, I'm trying to think. B- the, the Bugatti, you know, quad turbo, whatever, yeah, the whatever the six P 16 or one or whatever it is. 12. And, and yeah, you start looking at other cars, like sort of in the, mm-hmm. in the class, and you go, why is that car nine hundred grand and that car four hundred grand? Yeah, because I think the four hundred grand is pretty cool. Like yeah. if you keep circling back and you keep saying, I think this car is a pretty cool piece. Uh, chances are, if you're dialed in correctly, it shall be recognized. Like it will start popping up. Yeah, other people start to to notice it as well because you're right. It it catches your attention somehow. Yeah, and uh, you keep going back to it. You keep going back to it. The uh, speaking of little brother, something that's been bothering me. For a while, you can probably find the commercial mix pad. I can give my heads up. <laughs> like to see how it works in a real time environment. Um, Pepsi's advertising all the football I watch. I see the weekend doing his Pepsi commercial where he's pulling up to the uh, toll bridge, and there's a fat guy in the booth, and they're basically uh, looking at the weekend, and it's Pepsi, and it's the weekend, yeah. and it's the halftime Super Bowl. Okay. Super Bowl halftime show. He's driving a Mercedes 190. Okay. And it's like, you do know that 300, the the goal, the goal winger, is the convertible the 300? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they have a 300 Roadster, sure. What the fuck is it a 300 it's for? It's, it's got a, I think that thing has a, that, I think it's like a 2.4 liter. Is that a three liter in that thing? It's a straight six. Maybe I just think it's a 2.4. I want to know the displacement, Max Zapata, on the 300 Roadster. Anyway, the point uh, is, the is... SL, yeah. The SL. The, the, the fucking Roadster is 1.2 million bucks, but the 190, that's 80 grand. All right. There he is. And he's pulling up in the $80,000 Mercedes. That's the weekend. Not driving... Yeah. The $1.2 million version of the car. Yeah. I'm angry. All right. I say it's fake. I say the whole thing's... <laughs> Wait, you're saying that's not the weekend's real car? That's right. You're that's, saying he's doing better than... I'm not even saying that? he was crossing that bridge. <laughs> I think they're just filming that shit for a commercial. That fat guy wasn't really fat. <laughs> well, he was... But he was an actor. <laughs> that's true. So he's stunt fat. This, this shows me nobody knew anything about cars. Yeah. It's, you know, they do a. They pick the weakest, shittiest Mercedes convertible. There's really three to choose from. You got the Goldwing. Yeah. But that, you wouldn't be able to see the weekend's head. Then you got the 300, which you definitely should have picked. And now yeah. this. You got a fucking car that I could find for 65000 bucks. I I agree with you. Like, when you're going to commit to 
using a vintage car. Now it matters. Right. right? But if you say, we need something that's convertible, and because the way we're filming it, we want it white or we want it black or we want it red, like, if those are the parameters, then I I get it. You can you can find almost anything. But you're saying, oh, we should use a vintage vintage car right yeah because now we're not really like making it a car commercial and it's 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 more of a collectability thing and it's got some style to it and so Mm -hmm. we need a vintage car and then you go okay now we should pick the right vintage vintage car and you go what's convertible what do you have which is weird because i feel like you can call up some of the companies that place these cars or rent these cars, especially for, for film and TV production, and go, we need a really badass convertible car. I hate to be the guy that goes, ooh, I've got the 190. <laughs> I've, got, I've got the Gullwig, but it costs this much. You know, I've, yeah. got the, I've got the 300 SL Roadster for 22000 a day, or I've got the 190 for only 2200 a day. <laughs> I, I bet if you want to bring a trailer, Max Zapata, they have that. They have that kind of graph sheet, which will tell you, like, kind of average price. Yeah. Or does it tell you average price, or does it just show you the graph? Like, here's the most expensive one sold. Oh, on – was it uh, Haggerty Price Value? Well, that one – yeah, that one does, yeah. too. Bring a trailer. All you have to do is kind of go to the middle of the scattergram and see, like, where all the dots are. And you go, oh, that's what those things sold for. The difference between the 300 and the 190 is – Almost a million dollars. What the fuck, weekend? And by the way, this lets me know the weekend knows nothing about weekend driving, ironically. It is a three liter. It's a three liter. It's a three liter. All right. Well, that's why it's the 300, I guess. That's a, that's a, that's healthy displacement for a straight six in the 50s, Mm -hmm. early 60s. Yeah. Early 60s. Um, the 50s. Yeah. Cause I always think of like a 55, but you're right. Yeah. The the Goldwing was fifty four to fifty seven, and Roadster was fifty seven to sixty three. It's a big displacement. Uh, sorry, show me the scattergram again, uh, Max Pass. So, looks like the majority of these things were basically in the eighty to hundred thousand dollar range. The the ninety thousand dollar range seems mm-hmm. to be about mm-hmm. the most on bring a trailer for the one ninety. And now, if you go to the three hundred SL, I think you're going to see a. You're going to go from ninety grand to one point one million bucks. So I, I say that you, you fucking had, Pepsi commercials bogus. I remember your friendly little argument with uh, with Leno about how many SLs were made, mm-hmm. right? How many Goldwing? Were, yeah. were we talking Goldwing oh, specifically? Or were sorry. We talking the- you know what? They had two hundred and forty horsepower, I think, and maybe that was my two point four because we had this argument about two forty versus two twenty and blah blah blah. Yeah, yeah. Was it, was it a horsepower argument or was it a production number argument? I think we had both. Yeah, of course. <laughs> it was on the stage of uh, the Tonight Show. <laughs> yeah. It was during rehearsal. You want to know why? Because he drove his Goldwing. He has this pink, red, pink. Goldwing with yeah, a the meat, patina car. with a meatball yeah, yeah. on it, and yeah. he loves he loves going. Eh, I'm a guy in the high desert for uh, eighty grand. Yeah, you know, eighty grand. The whole, uh, <laughs> engine engine was out. We took the engine. You know, we uh, we uh, 
put a head gasket on it, uh, put on the dyno, do it back in the car. He knows that car's worth yeah, yeah, 1.3 <laughs> million bucks or whatever. You never see those cars that aren't restored to the nines. Yeah. And Leno has an original like driver. It's it's interesting. Anyway, he, that was in the parking lot. Yeah. So when I came in for rehearsal, we started talking about it, and then we started getting into production numbers and horsepower, and then we started arguing. And then uh, whoever's managing the stage or producing the show was like, "Could we get on with the fucking show part of this thing?" <laughs> <laughs> which, which is great. Actually, I went once with you with. Uh... Uh, it was one of the last Tonight shows. You were you were a guest on it again, and um, I was sitting with you. And Jay came in, and uh, <laughs> and uh, Jay came in, and everybody's immediately talking about cars. And this is a guy that's been on the air for twenty seven years. And then you hear people in the hallway going, "Where's Jay? Where's Jay?" Somebody goes, "Corolla's here." And he goes, "Oh, all right." So they go, "We should know you're in here talking about cars." Like everything, all all timing sort of goes schedule goes out the door when you're there when you and Jay. And, yeah. And, and at some point, somebody figured that out because you were doing like like a regular, almost like a once a month mm-hmm. thing on the, mm-hmm. on the show. Mm-hmm. And people, I hear people in the hall going, "Cruel is here." They're like, "Oh, okay. We know what they're doing. They're, they're talking about they're talking Jay, about cars." Jay I love knows, that about Jay. He knows everything, man. I mean, he <laughs> is the real goddamn deal with those with those cars. And he has an incredible memory, so he knows all the names of the old manufacturers and all the guys who put the whole thing together. And he, he's just he's but, just he's quite the encyclopedia. And, and he's he's smart to do what you were saying, like get that going, keep the patina and everything, because now there's no mistaking his for anybody else's. There's no. there's there, you know there's like you said they're they're all restored. You see a beautiful silver. You know, and you go, oh, is this so and so's car? Is this so and so's car? And they're like, no, no, no. We're like, oh, his, I've seen his. It's beautiful. It's just like that. You can never say that about Jay's Gullwing. No, it's it's really <laughs> one of one. It has a weird, almost pinkish color to yeah. it. And again, it's got a meatball on it with no number, just a big white <laughs> yeah. circle on the side. All right, let me hit uh, Geico here. Do you own? Do you rent? Well, you probably do one of those things with your home. How about you bundle and save some money when you go with Geico? Go to Geico. Makes it easy to bundle your homeowner's or renter's insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing, too, because uh, you already have so much to do around the house. Let's go to Geico.com. Get a quote. See how much you could be saving when you bundle with Geico.com. All right. So let's see. One of the original Eleanor Mustangs is going up. Uh, from Gone in sixty seconds. Yeah, the the, the Nick Cage version of the movie, right? Which is it, it's that car has been been reproduced so many times by different companies by collectors. It's interesting because it's a cool looking car. I always thought the hood was goofy. I just didn't get the hood at all. But uh, I thought it was a cool looking car. But I believe there was eleven made for the car and or for the movie. And you know. They're always making the versions like this is the stunt car, it's the jump car, it's the wreck car, the drift car. And the ones that you want, right, are the hero cars. Mm-hmm. They have all the good close-up shots, you know. Mm-hmm. Nicholas Cage walking up to it. So it's got the best paint and it's got mm-hmm. the interior and it's got, you know. Mm-hmm. So this is one of the original uh, hero cars. I think it's number seven of 11 that were built. It's funny because all the photos you can see are here in in, in L.A., but – the owners of the car, the collector, is in Germany, and so the car is there. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, they didn't list the price, but given how much information they wrote about the car, just pages like 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 a main spread of a catalog for the auction, it's it's over a million bucks. Like they they're gonna want to. Do they include that the owner in Germany bought it in two thousand six for eleven thousand dollars? Eleven thousand dollars. I don't think they're promoting that, even if that was <laughs> if that was true. And so, but this is one of those things where my question for you is. Yes, there's some amount of collectability because it is the car in the movie. But mm-hmm. we know that the movie cars, even the hero cars, are nowhere near the quality of what you'd expect, especially for that price range, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so do you save the money and just go out and buy a, a really nice you know, replica for 200 grand, Or do you buy this car for a million bucks and leave it? Or do you buy this car for a million bucks and... And and kind of tighten it up, you know, like like freshen it up. <laughs> I could see you doing a little Botox on it, but not plastic surgery. Right. Uh, number one. Number two, I think it's almost two different people. It's like collector guy, movie fan, whatever, and then someone who wants to go out and drive the Eleanor, yeah. do the cars and coffee, whatever. I I just feel like, this is its own thing, even though it's an Eleanor. I'd be curious if the person that was the people that were bidding on it even really were Mustang guys or Eleanor guys. Yeah. I, I would I would assume no one has an Eleanor or maybe even a Mustang guy, but maybe 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 it's the guy who just lost the bid on the bullet Mustang and now he's right. gonna he's gonna come yeah. in and get the next good Mustang from a movie. Yeah, like a big movie car. But you're right. Like what do you do? How do you breathe on it? Like in my world, uh, you you'd say, you know what, cosmetically you wanna keep it, but it's got like a three fifty one in it. There's nothing I, special. I you, think could, you, you could I think you, could, you, could, you gotta go uh Leno and his Goldwing. I, I think you have to just stand just, back. Just and, stand back and just and put it in the collection. Because there's all those because what happens is people always come up and they'll go, God, look at the the um you can tell the the vent on the intake is uh, something I've seen at Home Depot uh for a dryer sure. vent and yeah. they just spray painted it flat black and then you get to go that's the way they did it. Yeah, yeah. It's the movie car. It's, right. You know, they got to fudge it a little bit. You know, you'll see. You're right. Even things like that, the vents. You're like one side's held on with a rivet, the other side's right. got a sheet metal screw in it. Right. And you're like, well, it blew off mid. You know, like everything yeah. has to have a story. Everything has a story. All right, uh, Naples off the hook this weekend. What's that? Tonight, tomorrow night. Yeah. Tonight, tomorrow night, doing a stand up and live podcast. There, it's almost sold out. Kyle Dunnigan's going to join us on Friday. Always good. Uh, Oklahoma City, Bricktown Comedy Club, February 26th, 27th. So good for us. Uh, you can say hi there. And then you go to amcrolla.com for all the live shows. And you can check out Stand Up on the YouTube page. What do you got, man? Uh, yeah, we got some stuff getting posted up onto, uh, onto my social media at Motorator. So you've got to follow. Appreciate it. So, till next time, Adam Kroll for Matt, the Motorator, DeAndrea, saying keep the air in the spare and the bag in the wheel. For the latest updates and call-in times, follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at CarCast Show. If you'd like to write in, fill out the form on CarCastShow.com. And don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes. CarCast is a Corolla digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana. For more information, visit CarCastShow.com.
Hey, Geico, do you own? Do you rent? Well, you do one or the other, right? You know, it's hard work out there. Owning, renting, you want to save some money? How about your bundle? Bundle your policies at Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle the homeowners or renters insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing, too, because you got so much to do already. Go to Geico.com, get a quote, see just how much you could save at Geico. That is Geico.com today. That's Geico.com. 